Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and this is Sean. This is Alex, and we are listening to a new podcast episode of Coaster Kings Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about the most amazing American Dream Mall, <laughs> which is still half empty. The American Dream Meadowlands project in New Jersey. New home, Jersey, home to, among other uh, cultural uh, exploits. The Nickelodeon University Park, the second and location. Yeah. The DreamWorks Water Park. The DreamWorks Water Park. Both are heavily priced, but are they worth the admission? Well, we haven't even been to the water park, but we're going to be talking about Nickelodeon University today. Yeah. Uh, which this is the second of three. So there's already one in Wild America. I'm the sure you've heard of it. And yep. The OG over in Minnesota, and then this is the second one, which is in New Jersey, and this is kind of like an upscale version with mm-hmm. bigger rides, and then. There's another one under construction in Chongqing, in China, which is is gonna break the record for longest and most inverting indoor roller coaster, three intimate coasters, including intimate spinner, kind of like Tornado at Bakken, kind of making a like so exciting. second appearance, but in China. Mm-hmm. Um, so one day we'll get there, but today we are flying yep. our merry little asses from We're Orlando. About the second inst- to installation. It was a it was a whirlwind trip. We. Flew in and out, same day. Yeah, we were only there for a few hours. Yeah. But, so, pretty much, so we found really good airfare on JetBlue, and if JetBlue tells you that you can fly it to Newark for $21, you're going to do it. Yeah. That's just, like, too good to be true. So, we did that. And, like, we work in the travel industry. I work for the airlines. Like, I'm happy to support... Uh, other airlines. Air, other airlines. I don't work for JetBlue, but I love JetBlue. We took Spirit home. Love Spirit. Price is right. We like Spirit. We- <laughs> I'm not going to claim I love Spirit, because that will be a belated lie. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Spirit, you're fine. If you're Spirit's listening to really this, fine when they like don't put someone in between us. You have, then we're good. Um, you have our respect because you have a good product for the price. Anyway, but um, anyway, so we flew to Newark. We got there at like eleven. The park didn't open till one, so we we're like, okay, well, let's get an Uber over yeah. to American Dream and have some lunch. Yeah. First of all, uh, you would think that like taking public transportation would be easier or faster or cheaper than just taking a Uber. But it's really not. It's like, like a little patriotic song. You dun, 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 America. Yeah. It's, it's like you would think, I had, I had in my mind, like I've taken the New, New Jersey transit before, and I for some reason I just assumed that there was a New Jersey transit station, like, in the mall, and that's it's not. There would that be nice, though? That would make yeah. complete sense. Like, I kinda, of America. Yeah, I kind of felt Oop. like, because you can, you can transfer from the New York subway to New Jersey Transit a couple of ways in Manhattan, and I used to do that for work periodically. So I thought, like, wow, this is so convenient. It's really not that convenient. Well, I mean, it's convenient in the sense that it's a cheap Uber, a uh, cheap and quick Uber, whether you're coming from Newark or if you're taking uh, n- the New Jersey Transit in- to the Sea Caucus Station, which is the first, one of the first stops after you cross um, Hudson Bay into New Jersey proper. But in any case, getting to the park is easy. And it's actually, I think the cheapest way is also the path of least resistance, which is to just, just take Uber. an Uber. Yeah. It was like 23 bucks to get there, which wasn't bad. Yeah. And really. you get like a view of Manhattan on the way there. So that's yeah. kind of cute. Yeah. It was a nice drive. So pulled up there. Um, mall is nice. So we'll kind of dive right into like the mall itself. Um, gave us mad First China impressions. Vibes. It reminded us very fondly of the less than occupied, less than occupied shopping malls, the mega malls. In, in China. China. Like, they were just, it was very modern, very clean. Like, lots for of better light, or for worse, light. we were nostalgic for China on the onset of being here. Um, the mall itself has 
an, not really an issue, but you can still see that there's still tenants coming in. But they did a good job it's with covering that app. And there's lots of potential. And uh, in a couple of years, I think it'll be really uh, full steam ahead. They've got some fabulous assets there. I mean, the theme park, I mean, th- they really have a lot of it organized in. Uh, clusters of entertainment. They have the Merlin Corner with the uh, Legoland Discovery Center, which is like a family entertainment center version of Legoland, uh, and the Sea Life Aquarium. So that's uh, on one side. And then there's an additional cluster with the uh, the DreamWorks Water Park, the Nickelodeon Universe Amusement Park, and the three-story flagship uh, it's it's Sugar uh, retail store with the a uh, Statue of Liberty made out of jelly beans and uh, an ice skating rink uh, over on that side. And then a nice three-story corridor of um, ni- of shopping, dining, uh, and uh, atriums of, of some nice foliage and gardens. And even there was even some... They were taking it down, actually, as we were there, but they had some Christmas decorations still up that were nice. Um, but uh, really aesthetically on point, uh, really... Like again, so much potential, and like not far from um, not far from the mark at all uh, on any of their initial their initial uh, whack at it. So, we so when we first got there, it was cool, and then we um, we had a couple minutes, well, one minute, like a half hour to an hour before park opening. So we actually hit up this place called Pora Ramen, which is in the uh, the third floor food court in the D section of the mall, which you can see the water slides. From there, actually, it was kind of cool. Court, from yeah. the food court, that was kind of like the only real place to get food. So, like, that's definitely the downside of American Dream currently. They don't is have that a single no no table service, service restaurants that are there. They've got a lot sucks. of, and even a lot of their food options are kind of snacks. Like, because even after we like left the park, we, we resorted like, we had to, enough time yeah. to have, get dinner somewhere before going to the airport. But yeah. there was like no option in the entire yeah. mall to have like a meal. So we yeah. ended up having we a side bowl and pretzels. <laughs> yeah, which like wasn't my idea yeah. of like a good ending. There's a lot of places to get ice cream and frozen yogurt and it feels very much like the whole mall is still like an attraction like a, like a theme park kind of place yeah. but um, it has yet to fully flesh out the mall part yeah. of it um, but it has potential and I really do Lots think they'll get potential. there like yeah. it was one of the funnest trips we had um, yeah. it was a, it was really our first thing of 2021 and it was a great start to our year and so uh, we'll just dive right into the theme park now so we got there um, how the ticketing system works for those who aren't familiar with it, you have to, generally speaking, on busy days, there are two time slots. They're usually four hours each. And then on the weekends, you think it's like 85 bucks for, for a four-hour four hour window. window. You have to be there at, like, if you want to use that window, you can't, like, you have to show, show up, up late. You 11, have to show up early or, like... 11 to 3. No matter what. Your time slot ends when your time slot yeah. ends, no matter when you arrive. So I always advise, like, if you're going to go travel there, make sure that you can get there before your time slot so you don't waste any money by, yeah. like, and being in transit. Because it's sort of like it's 11 to 3 and then 4 to 8, and between 3 and 4 is kind of like the flushing out window where, like, everyone with their wristbands for the 11 o'clock session, like finish up and because i get obviously at the stroke of three everyone that's still in line for a ride uh is still entitled to that ride but i think that's why there's a gap there yeah um but yeah there's no entry and exit this is a a much different beast than um nickelodeon universe at mall of america although that nickelodeon universe has made some changes in the wake of covid they now have a five dollar like cover charge uh, for lack of a better word used to be free entry entry and exit it's right in the heart of the mall of america um, with this is very on much all sides. like the end of a of a wing. Whereas this is uh, much more uh, compartmentalized. There's one entrance, one exit. Pay one price, and there's no there's no you can't come and go. Um, 
you can't leave Nick Universe and go back into the mall and then go back into Nick Universe. It's yeah, it's like one entry only. So yeah. there are some food locations within. Pretty simple grab and go stuff. Yeah. I didn't mind it. Like I had I had some food. And I mean, it's it's it it's kind of almost like an airport. <laughs> you kind of have like airport food. Uh, we you know wraps and stuff and and. But yeah, if you're looking to go for like a little bit cheaper, try to do it like a weekday. So worth because it. Because on, on the weekday, there, especially right now, off season ish time, there are just one time slot a day. So like your time slot is the op- operating hours. One to seven. And that's also nice because the price is also lower. So then you can get six hours for like 60 bucks yeah. versus four that's hours. Like a dollar an hour. It's $10 an hour instead of like $20 an hour. Which is definitely a better deal. And, and it wasn't it wasn't crowded at all. It wasn't crowded. It was nice. Operations were great. Uh, we walked onto everything. Uh, yeah, everything was a walk-on. I mean, we... I feel like we really lingered. We did a whole lap around the park. We took some pictures. We took our time. We, we lingered quite a bit because we did one lap to get all the credits. <laughs> then we sat for like an hour because like, okay. One of the coasters knocked us on our butts. Yeah, we really we got don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We'll get on that later. But yeah. And then we did another <laughs> lap of coasters, another lap of rides. And then we more did another photos. lap of photos to hang out a little bit more. And then we left and we literally only spent it three still, hours there. It was four hours, wasn't it? Well, we got there one and I think we left around four. So that's three hours. In the park, yeah, I guess so. I guess the, we, I guess we, we spent were hung we out. really only we spent four hours inside of the mall. Yeah, so we had buffer on either end, so we really we weren't even in the gates. So if if the time slots seem a little crazy, it's actually not as as outrageous as it at least it seemed to us. It's pretty on the outside sure. because um, it's I guess it's not really a, it's not a park that's really built for lingering for that reason like you don't really go there to yeah like, you must understand that the park though large because of their massive roller coasters the actual midway space is quite small quite small I would say even smaller the MOA still and like they don't have a they don't have a true restaurant you know like like we said really that's not even something the mall has but it's it's not the kind of place where you want to go and like where you feel the need to like sit with like a meal and linger. The only reason we did is because just because we had time. It was so quiet. We got on our ride so quickly. I mean, it took us 45 minutes to ride every coaster and ride at least once that we were interested in. Um, so the pressure was off. Even though we were flying back out that evening, it's like we knew, we didn't need to be back at the airport till around like 6:30. Yeah, a little before. Uh, that. So even if we left the airport or even if we left the mall uh, like an hour, an hour and a half before the end of our time slot, we we realized pretty quick within like an hour of being in the park that uh, the pressure was off as far as getting things done in a, a timely manner so it was actually it was a really pleasant relaxing day for us it was just having a good meal before like eating your lunch before which makes sense because the time slot started at one so they really expect people to have had lunch go into the park and then leave you know before they have dinner uh, and everything else is supplementary. So yeah, go have a good meal before you go, um, because it you know that that could be the only thing where I've thought like wow if, if you really wanted like a full meal, you were kind of trapped in this park. Like <laughs> you can't leave the mall to get yeah, food options get, and come like, back in. And stuff. Um, so yeah, if you play their game, uh, if you do it the way they've designed it, 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 it works. So we'll kind of start with how you approach. So you go to the theme park and then. 
If you should probably get your tickets online, but you can get them there as well if you'd like. I like how you're on the second story. Like the theme yeah. park is like yeah, you look right into the theme park and you're like in. above. Really, the whole mall starts on the second story because it's parking all underneath Except on ground for level. Except for the theme park and the water park. So area, only the theme yeah. park and the water park and parking are on ground level, and then the three stories of shopping are all like the second, third, and fourth yeah. level. Yeah. So the cool thing is that you come in and it's very modern kind of process. Almost feels resorty. Like you walk in, mm-hmm. you have your reservations, they scan it, they give you wristbands, but like you all kind of get spaced out to like different. This is like people standing around. Like it was very satisfying, approach. open, modern, resorty Lots of staff approach. And very smooth customer service. You like. get a little locker wristband, which I love that. So you get a little yeah. locker wristband with an RFID on it, and then you go into the park. They check your wristbands one more time, and you see Manhattan right in front of you, which is really yeah. cool. And then you go down the escalators and you spit out right at Slime Street, and that's where yeah. the entrance is. Yeah. For your park, it's not where you exit. That's Slime where your entrance. And the jump, the jellyfish themed wave swinger are sort of the entrance plaza. They have a large. It's uh, also where they have a gift store, store under, that's construction. under construction that's under the Slime Street station. Um, so that's kind of where you enter. It's a really easy, neat process. The lockers are amazing because. I, uh, the staff had told us that the lockers aren't. She said the lockers aren't free, but here's your wristband if you want to to buy them. But I don't know. It may be a weekend thing because they were all free for us. They were free for the first hour, and all the coasters and stuff had them. And the park is so tiny that like you could drop your 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 stuff off at any locker and still feel close to it. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Everything. So uh, as far as on a, a practical level for us, the lockers were included. So. It was nice because we just like would walk up with our little wristband. There was not like ticket holding. Like it was yeah. really simple. It was like the old smart locker systems that Six Flags used to have. You know the light blue ones, and then you just tap it. It's a single opening though, so yeah. don't mistake them for like all the other ones that are theme parks nowadays. But it was just nice. Like it was nice. going into it, there was this feeling of like, is this going to feel like it was a good value? And when things like lockers are included in this way. Um, it it does because I think about like I spend money on lockers. Yeah, we all, especially some, when we travel. Yeah, it's like I don't want to take a yeah, risk of losing. We always do lockers. Home. Like, it's just we happening. we have a nice well not a nice camera but we have a camera that we wouldn't want to get stolen because we don't want to pay to replace something yeah, like that. Editing skills to make it so seem like a nice it's, it's yeah we don't have that nice of a camera setup but it's still you know a few hundred dollars that we'd be out if we had to replace our setup so. We really don't like to. Plus, we, I just like putting stuff in the in the locker, especially when the rides don't have any lines. There was no lines, so it's not like putting stuff in your locker and then waiting in a two hour line for something without your phone, uh, which I get. But like for a lot of people, that's a lot. It's it's yeah. So, um, it's just nice. I um, let's see. Where do we want to start? I guess we'll start, start like, right where we enter yeah. Slime Street. That was the first credit we got. That's right. We, Guys, uh, what the hell? Yeah. Like, I really am really disappointed with Morgan Chance, whatever, yeah. who made Morgan that. Morgan is dead now, but it's technically a chance. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, you really have to be this pathetic. Okay, so long story short, the ride hurts like hell. It's really dumb. It's a pretty <laughs> large-sized ride. It almost feels like the size of West Coaster yeah, in Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. West Coaster is kind of like... But then imagine riding on, like, these little kitty coaster trains that they have on their smallest models. Yeah. Like, Unbearably the chance small. Big Dipper trains. So like, I was in so much pain. Jokers, well, the thing flies over there. Jokers, like, Funhouse Coaster at Six Flags Over Georgia, or um, like the Wiley Coyote Coaster at Six Flags Over Texas. Six Flags Over Texas is kitty coaster. They don't even let adults ride, and I think that's probably why because it's just like vehicles are just so uncomfortable. Yeah, so the ride goes sixty kilometers an hour. 
It's not a kitty ride. Like, it's not it's a kitty really ride. Not. Like, it flies through that layout. It is 385 meters it's long. A ni- it's a handsome ride. It's 21 meters Very tall. Like, it is a good. It is a. It is a big ride, really. For it's a lot more of intense than like any. Like it's more than just like a mine train or anything, uh, you know, like that. Like it's it it hauls. It's a. It's kind of their their hood ornament for this whole operation. So it's, it's the first kind of, thing you see when you come in. It's yeah. just unfortunate that I mean I guess we're, we're taller than average. There's probably a lot of adults who ride this ride without any issue. But for us, we were like, what the hell, guys? Yeah. The other issue was just that the ride is built with one train. There's no transfer. There's nothing. It's it's an awfully large ride. It'll get pretty big and lines time consuming, seen, uh, um, especially with social distancing. Um, the most that this ride can hold is 20 passengers per dispatch. The most that it normally holds, on average, with social distancing and seat gaps, like, would, is probably between like eight and 12 passengers. Um, so, so I, um, I've heard horror stories of people trying to hit this credit on weekends and blowing 45 hours or 45 minutes, blowing three whole days at the mall, 45 minutes getting this credit. Uh, on this ride, that's not even a comfortable experience. So, so yeah, let's just move on. Right it was away. a good one to start with because, like, it really sucked. It was a good one to start with because our day only got better from there. That was like pretty much the biggest sucky thing. So then we moved over. Um, oh, real quick. Oh yeah, we have Sandy to talk about Sandy. Was not open. I mean, like, damn it, Sandra. Sandra, like, get your shit Sandra, together. get it together. Unfortunately, that ride was not <laughs> open. It was really cool, but um, it's, we knew it, it had it already been down. down for eight days. It had been down for a and week, and it's still down. When and we're it's still down this, as like, of this recording. Eight days later. So, in fact, the latest that I'm hearing from there's a, there's actually a Facebook group, uh, Nickelodeon Universe, American Dream Connoisseurs. You know, because there's a connoisseurs group for everything, and the latest on Sandra is that uh, she needs parts from overseas. So COVID is obviously not allowing that to happen expeditiously. Um, so, the, yeah, the last that this ride ran was, like, uh, New Year's weekend, and it hasn't been open since. You can even check the website to check the operating status of their rides, and that changes on, like, an hourly basis. Like, if rides are down for very temporary maintenance, like, it will reflect on the WAME website, and when it's up again, that's reflected as well. So... Um, if you're curious, you can always check on the status of Sandra and the other more fickle and COVID unfriendly attractions like the Legends of the Hidden Temple ropes course uh, by visiting uh, the American Dream uh, Nickelodeon Universe website and clicking uh, attraction status. Yeah, Park Alert. Yeah. Yeah, Park Alerts. Yeah. So, what the next ride was, the real one to get the credit yeah. for, was going to be the giant Gerslauer Eurofighter, um, a clone of Takabisha yeah, okay. that we've ridden in Vujikyu Highland in Japan. The which Gerslauer is themed thousand to the meter Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I said that the yeah, correct order. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You heard it here first. Shell Razor. Shell Razor. Um, okay, so the layout is really, really magnificent. The fact that they put it indoor is kind of weird because it's really big. It's like, really a big massive. Ride. I mean, we loved Takabisha. It's kind of Takabisha kind of got overshadowed by some of the other rides at Fujikyu. We're probably not the only ones that feel that way, but we're definitely. Ijinaika and Fujiyama kind of people stands and so uh, so there's a couple of things here that uh, I'm going to address first the parts I didn't like yeah so um, one thing I didn't like is that Takabisha is built to be like in a building where the first the station where the pre-launch is lo- is like in the dark so yeah. like the little drops and the inversion and there's even a little indoor dark. bit right before you take that right U-turn into the lift hill like you can, don't you re-enter yeah the, you re-enter the building so it definitely feels like and so when they put it in a mall, and the, the first half, which was clearly meant to be indoor... Yeah, it's supposed like, to be a surprise. Yeah, it was, like, completely kind of... There's lots open, of Gerschlauers that have weird. this, like, pre-lift or pre-launch 
sequence with a barrel roll indoor. Like a lot of Gershlauer's do this. It's and like, yeah, it's kind of like a trade. So it kind of yeah it, it, yeah it's a trade secret for Gershlauer. It's something that the fans love it. Like it gets a lot of positive feedback. Obviously, there's a lot of theme parks that were like, wait, that's a really clever move. Um, but yeah, for so yeah, the being inside like <laughs> out in the open, was it was just weird. it was just random. It just doesn't yeah. And then the biggest, biggest, biggest the problem, the big glaring issue, is the fact that the front car of a shell racer literally hurts like a mother effer. It it feels like a shock absorber for the back row. Like it is not just like it's not like a rough kind of like shaking. It is just very. It's. It's like a pulsing, like it's, hammering kind of like. Uh, it's potholes. It yeah, feels you just like, like keep hitting. It feels like the, the the worst is at the bottom of the large drop. This pothole at the bottom of the drop is unbelievable. There are some moments like, where like it feels like your brain is it feels being, like, like you're getting, shaking apart. It feels like you're getting punched in the spine. Like yeah. you're gonna, it feels like you're gonna slip a disc. God, my head hurts so bad. It was like migraine inducing. It's it was, the TMMT disc slipper. <laughs> it, was like, it was by far, I think, the most. Painful when it comes to, like, headaches of, of a Coast Urban. And, like, like we rough. we love our, our our rough vintage loopers and our, our arrows and our Vacomas and stuff. And we what we're not a fan of is, like, vibrating stuff. We don't like stuff that feels like it's not running the way it was intended when it comes to a, a wheel bogey track relationship. Um, we Luckily, much, in but, the back row, that was much better, though. This ride, was it was, like, neither. It was not... It didn't vibrate so much and it wasn't about the transitions it like it like in the sense like the the directional changes of the ride but the transitions between track pieces yeah you can even see where in them all like take a look when you go there's like pieces of the ride like the ride's green or the track is and there's pieces where it's just completely gray like yeah the ride just like chafed off all the yeah, pain like parts, it hits there's, some of these yeah there's parts of the track that are not agreeing with the wheel assemblies and they've already scraped the paint. And it was a complete 180 from Takabishi because Takabishi was smooth as could be. It yeah. was like probably my favorite girl style because I haven't been on yet. But, um, um, so that was kind of weird. But it also may have to do with the fact that this whole park is pretty much one giant footer. So you gotta yeah. think about this way. All supports, and it looks really weird when you stand right next to it, all supports are like buried in the same concrete flat Bed. bed that the park is located in. So all the rides felt very rough and like they all shook like crazy. Like if you yeah. stand there, like the amount of shaking on these tracks, it's unusual. But it kind of makes sense because like the shocks of anything that moves in that park then also affects the support of another coaster. Yeah. Because they're pretty much every single support shares one giant footer with the rest mm-hmm. of the park. Yeah. And that feeling like that's a characteristic that will that is just really unique for just some indoor parks and it really Really makes rides track like crap because yeah. like they're just they're just always shaking like the whole thing is shaking I mean, at all times. Gershlauer can be hit or miss as far as ex- as uh, execution and fulfillment goes. Like there's great Gershlauer's out there, and then there's some that are just so bad. And I guess if you're wondering like how this happened with with this particular round of Gershlauer's, that's the only explanation we could come up with. The only thing we could gleam. Uh, from what makes the circumstances of these rides different from others is is the way that they were constructed from the ground up uh, as one one conjoined piece because like the shredder, which has a is, is the Gershlauer spinner that's intertwined with Shell Razor has a fabulous layout, such a great ride. We enjoyed it. We rode it um, three, three well, times. We rode it three times. times. Yeah. Um, fabulous ride. I would love to see Fuji Q clone it and put it uh, around Takabisha, but that probably won't happen. Um, but it does not. Again, it doesn't track like it should. And before we move over to um, Shredder, I just want to make one more note about um, Shell Razor, and that's that the rides 
there are really particularly located so you can view Manhattan because it's like literally across oh, the yeah. from Manhattan. Yeah. So even though it's kind of weird for them to have this giant Akabichi clone inside, the cool thing is is that the the drop, the Beyond Vertical 121 degree drop, actually faces directly towards Manhattan. And the break there is much longer than Takabichi. You sit there for a good four or five seconds, if not longer, before you take the drop. And the cool thing is that you really do have a complete view, like a panoramic view, all glass, up mm-hmm. and And then you dive. And then since the drop is so incredibly steep, you actually are above the spinning coaster. And then you completely dive and circumnavigate the spinning coaster drop. Mm-hmm. So integration-wise, it was really cool. Like, just views and integration were, were like the highlight of the attraction, even though, like, it didn't track that well at all. It was enough that we wrote it. We wrote it, like, four times. Twice in the front and twice in the back. Yeah, it was one of those things, like, I just wanted to like it more, so we kept writing yeah. it. Um, but just thinking about it, my head hurts. Yeah, writing in the back, is it's actually enough, good enough to write it more than once. But in the front, it's, you know, it would be a one and done. Another ride that, like, their Skyline Scream uh, SNS drop tower combo tower has a circular ride vehicle, so... It starts out as a space shot, and then it brings you up to the top, and you do a full circle. rotation. Rotation, so it locks you in. Then it becomes like a bit of an observation tower. Fabulous, yeah. Move around. You see Fabulous all of views of Manhattan everything. and New Jersey and yeah. the, with the mall. And then you also have some characters up there. Like, it's really... You can get a cool view of the mall. Like, the, the mall looks really neat. And the stadium, like, the whole Meadowlands complex. So, that's a great... We wrote that twice just because, like, the, the not very intense, even by the standards of an SNS tower, but, like, a cool experience and very unique to the park and... One of their most successful attractions overall, I think, in terms of like concept and execution. And then uh, we also wrote before we even got the shredder, we wrote Timmy's Half Pipe Havoc. Yeah, which is just For those a of, really new version yeah. of the U Shuttle Intimate Surf Rider. Yeah, um, it was actually really fun. This I like the restraints yeah, on it. It's pretty much identical to the Avatar Airbender at Nickelodeon Universe at Mall of America, except for it has the new um, restraints on. But it has over the shoulder lap bars. Uh, like Sandy's Bucking Bronco, Velocicoaster, Tauron, like so. That's a it's a cool asset, fun ride. Spun a little too much for me. Uh, unlike Shellraiser or uh, unlike Shredder, which uh, spun a lot too much for me. Um, sure. Our experience, we. I don't know what we were thinking. Okay, well, let's move right into I, it. So <laughs> we're like, okay, so Timmy's half of whatever is real cute, but yeah. it's just another surf rider. Yeah. And then we were like, well, we were actually, I was personally most excited for Shredder because it is a really long ride, and it had already been at Takabisha, so this was yeah. going to be like the big long ride that was actually yeah. open for us. Mm-hmm. And so we were done, and because like usually speaking, we like to sit in the we same side of a spinning sit next coaster. To each other, and we expect spinning coasters to not spin as much as they like as we would want. Barely spin at all. So if you don't sit on the same side. Yeah. So we're like, okay, let's sit on the same side, like, and that way at least we'll spin. Yeah. Our experience on Gershwin oh spinners, it's always like, well, let's take the opportunity to sit together if they'll let us, and you know, we'll spin. But our ride on the shredder was too, too, too much. It like, was, we spun so much. I even the up. staff. Even the staff. into the, the station. They were they all were talking. Like, are you okay? They were like, laughing. You spun so they much. were like, you spun a lot. Like, you were just continuously spinning. And everyone was, like, looking at us, like, what did you guys just do? Yeah. And it was, like, the we, I've never spun that much. I was, like, I was like, sick. in tears. Like, it really. Like, I was, like, we had to sit down for we a good much, hour. We were still, we were on the edge of queasiness for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, yeah, I felt like. I never completely God, I needed, overcame the nausea. It was the first time ever that I felt that tr- like that shitty at a theme park. Like yeah. I had, na- you know, people always talk about like getting noxious or roller coasters. Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't apply to I couldn't, me. I couldn't <laughs> like, relate. I am not in that in that boat. But, but like, yeah, Shredder put just, me in I that boat. I felt like it, it didn't. After we finished the ride, like it, nothing, it didn't stop spinning for me. Like for oh my god, half my head an hour. It still spins. And then like another thing is like the ink. 
um, inside climate control there. They had the heaters on. It was just freaking hot inside. Yeah. We had hoodies on because it's winter and we're in New Jersey. Mm. And, like, we had to take our hoodies off because, like, it was just warm. Like, yeah. it was honestly not a good environment to feel nauseous yeah. in. There was no fair, fresh airflow. I really kind of felt like I was in this bubble and I was yeah. really overheated and I was, like... You were kind of, like, in a greenhouse. I'll be honest. Like, I wish they had more airflow in there. Like, it is a really big indoor area, but I really felt like I was pretty stagnant. Stagnant air. Yeah, stagnant air. Um, it was not a perfect place for someone who was nauseous, but that's yeah. not really that's besides the that's point. It's ironic because of how did. many of the rides there are like truly nauseating. Like so many of the rides, yeah, they spin. love spinning shit there. Lots of spinny rides, um, but yeah. Anyways, but that was pretty wild. But then we came back later and we rode it a couple times, sitting like opposite sides, opposite. And they did this weird thing where they like to like stretch, stretch your, your legs, legs out. So even though it's like so literally like, shin reclining guards with from like our feet in the seat of like directly Ops across from us. So the train was like completely so, balanced and completely balanced. So we rode it twice with that configuration, and it was a really so fun ride. enjoyable, it's long, like, really it is long. long, long. It feels not unlike the Gerschlauer spinner developed for the Nick Universe at Mall of America, but just. Way up, longer. Amplified. Yeah. There's like five or six myth cores, breakdowns. Yeah. And like, the operations, again, were great. There was Igus constantly three vehicles like in action on Yeah, they were running four times. on it, which is nice. Um, and yeah, it really, the paint job is fabulous. Like, it's a really f- awesome compliment to um, Shell Razor. The and way when the they're both running, it's so yeah. exciting. Because, like, they, you're. I mean, it's like near misses how close the It's almost a dueling get. coaster. Like, like there's these really moments fun. where the interactivity between the rides is, um, you know, very impressive. Yeah, I'll say right now, that a is... A highlight. Shredder is by far their best attraction there. Like, I am... Yeah. I am not afraid that to say wrote. it. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I know a lot of people Sandy, love but, Sandy. But Sandy is a little short. But Sandy, yeah... As as huge fans of Intamin LSM coasters, I'm sure we'll love it. We'll really like. I'm sure we'll like it, and we'll we'll hold our criticisms until then. But for now, we would say Shredder has a lot going for it as such a as as a large, lengthy, custom ride. Um, and we're huge fans of like the Gerschlauer bobsleigh coasters that you'll find all throughout Europe. And this ride layout definitely reminded us of that. You don't think so? No, I would agree with that. In fact, I'm looking at pictures <laughs> of it right now, and it almost looks like the the next level, like, skyrocket. You know how, like, every manufacturer has to do their, like, compact, yeah. multi-launch little oh, thingy? just Sandy. Yeah. And I'm, like, really incredibly excited to eventually ride it. But mm-hmm. just like all the other rides, I'm hearing it has, like, the shaky it issue. Ra- apparently it rattles. Of, it like, vibrates. It has a bad know, fiberglass. Just another one of those. I'm sharing the concrete with every other coaster here. Even the half pipe so. rattled. More than like it should. the one at Mall of America, and it was a bit of a turn off. I mean, we really liked the park, and we had a good time. And I look forward to going back. Um, it was really polished. There was yeah. landscaping inside. The staff was really exciting. Like the staff was the all staff really nice, was and they were fabulous. Stoked, and they were like, "Oh my god, you're um, enthusiastic!" The like, theming, it was nice. all of the statues, all like all the scenes and figures of the different characters. The park is like built for Instagram. Um, every entrance, every marquee for every ride is actually like a photo spot. So, like, people were actually queuing up to take photos. Like, there's the Blue Skidoo ride, and there's, like, the thinking chair uh, with the side table drawer, like, as part of the ride's marquee. And people were, like, waiting in line to take pictures of each other in front of it. (laughs) Um, There's just great uh, cameo appearances from characters. Like, Hey Arnold, for example, does not have his own ride. Um, But Hey Arnold 
statue is can be found at the entrance to Skyline Scream. He's riding Skyline Scream with Korra. And usually you can sit of in Korra. those test seats with them, but yeah, right now it's, it's of COVID. closed off of COVID. But yeah. Um, there is a Ren and Stimpy ride, you guys. Like, <laughs> I never have, in a, my wildest dreams, would I have thought a, ro- a theme park, you know, set for, set for the, the 2020s, uh, would have a Ren and Stimpy, and it's a kiddie ride. It's one of those um, spinning frog hopper type rides, very popular in Europe. I've ridden them on, in kiddie parks, and and like there's, Fant- I think Fantasialand has it. Uh, and then there's one ride that's absolutely we can't forget to talk about it. Oh it's yeah, Dora's Dora's Sky, Sky Railway. Railway. So how it's set up is like you take a big giant elevator, it's themed to a balloon that brings you to the station where the train is at. I'm mm-hmm. sure this is some sort of reference to the actual show. Yeah. And then you board this blue little train, and you take that blue train it's around like the mall. A, it's like a monorail. An Unfortunately, you weren't allowed to take a camera. But they wouldn't on board, let us take our camera with it, and it which like, is really dumb. So yeah. did we even take a phone? I can't recall. We did. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, it wasn't. The it views was, weren't so spectacular. It wasn't so. But much. It would have been nice to take photos of yeah. stuff from up there. Um, but um, it was just a really fun ride. Though. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. And then they have one of these. Um, Zamperla Mini Discoveries. Yeah, the looping which, like, does discoveries the that's also themed to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which is like a really cool light package. Great light package. And then it had a... Jimmy um, Neutron themed uh, Chance Unicoaster. Chance Unicoaster, that's right. That's which what is called. also what um, Mall of America's Nick Universe I wanted to ride one. that, and I wanted to ride the Avatar Airbender Air Race, but I was just too nauseated yeah. from Shredder still, so we actually kind of oh, yeah, the out Avatar Air Race Air, is beautiful, and... Um, they have some really kind intense things of like the centerpiece of the whole park is, is the air race theme to Avatar. Um, I, but yeah, oh, the Reptar Carousel. Yeah, yeah so that they was had really a, cute. It was amazing to me how many kiddie rides in the park were themed to shows that are really only uh, applicable to, like, the over 30s. Like, I just... And I love that because it's people who grew up with these shows that are taking their kids here. So, like, the Ren and Stimpy frog hopper type ride themed to Space Madness, which is a really famous episode of Ren and Stimpy. Um, and, and it's just crazy because, like, Ren and Stimpy's not for children. Like, even when we were children watching Ren and Stimpy on the air, it was not... It was it was a little too raunchy and over the top for even the audience that supposedly was the target audience. Well, another cool thing that I, I, I guess kind of plays in with that statement is the fact that um, all the kiddie rides are like spread out throughout the park. Yeah. So it's not like a lot There's of theme like parks with a kiddie area. area and adult area. Like everything is interwoven together. Like there'll be like a kiddie ride and riding next to like one of the yeah. most intense flat rides. They and it was actually kind of refreshing. There's like a kiddie SNS Scream and Swing that's like under construction next to Timmy's Half Pike Havoc. There's a couple of uh, Paw Patrol kitty rides that are still under construction. I guess that was one thing that was also noticeable was that the park, for having already been open for a year, there was definitely a lot of uh, work in progress uh, things happening, which, I mean, I can we can cut them some slack given the circumstances with COVID, but there's just some stuff that I was a little surprised wasn't complete yet. Um, and I can only imagine that not completing some of these projects that weren't ready for opening day was less about being able to complete these projects and more about wanting to spend the money on completing everything that wasn't ready, um, given the financial severity of the situation. Uh, Another thing that was noticeable was the Invader Zim looping bumper car ride. Is that that what they were? I couldn't quite tell what they were. I remember seeing them on IAPA, but they were like bumper cars... Um, that you could do flips and stuff. It's the Invader Zim, something, something of doom. And then, like, it has the marquee 
for the attraction next to Sandy's Bucking Bronco, and they then the ride is there with the queue and everything, and it's already kind of hidden, and there's bathrooms in front of it. So really, it's it's kind of ironic that this is the ride that, I, for whatever technical problems, um, never opened and is currently just kind of being swept under the rug because you wouldn't know it was there yeah, you couldn't tell. if, it, like if you weren't looking room, for yeah. it and if the marquee didn't kind of give it away. But there really isn't a lot of explanation either. It's not listed as an attraction. It's not listed as an attraction that's closed. Like the, the Paw Patrol Ferris wheel that's part of a hard hat zone for a different Paw Patrol ride that's under construction now. That's definitely one of the weird things listed about this park. It's temporarily closed. Is that like, hey, there's like four or five sponsor rides and they're all kind of spread out. And then there's like four or five teenage mutant whatever. Yeah. Ninja Turtle. There's SpongeBob rides and all it's like around too. Crowd. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. and then oh, you yeah. have oh. Paw Patrol. I thought you said Paw Patrol. Yeah, you said SpongeBob. I yeah. said Paw Patrol. And then there is. Um, God, it's just like all these little franchises that are quite popular, like Avatar yeah. stuff, and like there's it's just, all over. It's all like very it's a little bleedy. I kind of my dream for a Nickelodeon theme park would be, be like little neighborhoods, neighborhoods, right? Yeah, New York City for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which would have been a, a no-brainer for a park uh, in the New York City metro. Well, that's the whole point of like showrays are um, facing yeah, Manhattan. That's yeah, like the one thing to market on the website. Yeah. It's like you know through the streets of New York, yeah. and then you can see the streets of New York that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Even though underneath. The roller coasters is just concrete, but I digress. <laughs> there was definitely a chance a, of theming there. Um, like a bikini bottom themed area where all of the SpongeBob rides are relocated. Like for all of the Nickelodeon themed amusement parks and areas that exist in the world. I mean, there's SpongeBob areas all over, some past and present. Um, the only defense for them is that, like, with this limited real estate, doing neighborhoods is hard because, like, you want to. You kind of have to just plug and play and put yeah. like the smallest rights and like your little plots where it fits. And like they fit so much in a small park, and it wouldn't have been possible if they were going to the neighborhoods. It just worked because like they were able to put a little flat right here and, then there's and a little flat right there's there. There's also shows and, like, that you know, are worth, there's shows and attract, there's intellectual properties worth mentioning that may not be able, that maybe not justify their own themed area, like the Blue Skidoo ride, which is a classic at the Mall of America, Nick Universe. Obviously, Blue's Clues is. A, you know, still a, a, a culturally f- strong uh, intellectual property, but not something that you need an area around. Um, so I can everything that they did here makes sense, I guess, with the exception of feeling like they needed five e-ticket roller coasters uh, for opening year. Even though Sandy was a year late, it was intended to be part of the opening roster. Uh in fact, Sandy's wasn't even originally supposed to be a coaster. The original concept showed a prototype Larson Loop, Larson loop with wing seats. So a floorless Larson Loop of sorts. Um, and then for whatever reason, Intamin was able to convince them. I, like, I don't know what how the budget constraints went with this place because the fact that they, midway through the finalization of these plans... Like, as recently as 2018, the plans, including uh, a souped-up Larson Loop, were somehow replaced with a much more expensive prototype e-ticket thrill ride from Intamin um, using, you know, the the -the top-of-the-line, state-of-the-art technology. Like, I don't know how they just had that in the budget, Like, like how they could just afford to build another major coaster when they've already got... um, like Shell Razor and then the other coasters, which aren't as intense and don't have inversions, but are still more intense than like a kitty coaster per se. So the fact that they just needed another fifth major coaster in the park 
at all is kind of a head scratcher. But other than that, I feel like they really know exactly what they were doing with this project, and it's pretty uh, well executed, um, all things considered. And I expect, I look forward to seeing the place gestate and improve uh, on the foundation that they've laid, which is already pretty sturdy. So yeah, I would say overall we enjoyed our time. It was good. Um, I think that the money we spent on it, sixty bucks a person, was acceptable. Yeah, considering our airfare was, was so cheap. I was still say eighty five bucks is a little steep for this place. Yeah, uh, everyone that I've talked to says like, don't bother going on a weekend. Yeah, like really make a point worth. of going on a weekday. And we even asked ourselves like, how can this place afford to charge what they charge? But I, I mean, we are in New York. Must not be terrible. I mean, we are in New York. But you're in New York City, you know, and it's like, just that's just how it is in New York. Like things are just expensive there. Um, so, so yeah, I I would say make it a trip, make it a day trip. Uh, the models have announced it to be like multiple day right now, but I think in the future we already talked about it, like oh yeah, we'll just go for like a day or two and then we'll do the water park. And yeah, we'll I would it, love to go back. You know, if there's restaurants, then like it is heard, a big venue. We've heard know? a lot of good things about the water park, and uh, we saw the uh, at, at IAPA 2019 they had a full scale, well not full scale, but a model. Of the a miniature model of the entire slide. project because it's one hundred percent pro slide. So the entire uh, Nickel or not Nickel, the entire DreamWorks American Dream water park project was in a completely con- self contained model. And we're thinking like, wow, that's like really clever. That's a neat yeah. And thing there, there's some PVs out there, done. and um, I really I really think the water park looks perhaps even like the strongest asset. Yeah. But either way, uh, I think this is a really good. Um, kind of foundation for the future of malls because obviously the future of malls isn't necessarily shopping anymore. It's an but I think they are such an entertainment district. center that yeah. people can go there. I mean, if indoor skiing, like a giant ski. Oh yeah, like, and the ski. Yeah, I've totally so forgot about people that. People could literally go there and like see a concert and like spend a day at like amusement park and yeah. like go shopping. Water like, park. It can become a multi multi day destination yeah. within a few years. We oh yeah, they're building a Sea Life Aquarium right now. Yeah, and the, the Legoland Lego Discovery, Discovery Center. I expect them to have on site hotels soon. Like they've got hotels around. But like an on-site I expect a, a connected or, uh, hotel, a dream, yeah. Um, you know, that's connected via skywalk or uh, just located on the roof or whatever. However, because that's that's what Mall of America did too. They've got some really nice hotels that are, that are like inside of the airport yeah. or in, uh, airport inside <laughs> of the mall. Um, inside the airport too, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also yeah the Intercontinental, um, but. We yeah I I guess the only other thing that sticks out in my mind is like when I compare I, as someone who has spent a lot a lot a lot of time at the Nickelodeon Universe at Mall of America um, the one thing my my favorite ride at the Mall of America Nick Universe is the Paul Bunyan log flume and there's of course there's no water rides uh, at Nick Universe I don't think and I don't I wouldn't say that it feels like it's missing you know what I feel like that was a Knott's must have yeah because Knott's was heavily involved with the original yeah, project Knott's right built Camp, Snoopy, Camp Snoopy inside of America so they work with Triple Five Group and that's why that park looks so nice but I think that was like a Knott's must have that because Knott's most marketable ride was definitely their log flume Timber Mountain log flume and I think that like building an indoor log flume it's such an infrastructural nightmare that I don't yeah. think they really want to deal with and I think that's why we're all so maybe I won't even see it in Chongqing either. Yeah, I don't. As Trouble Five is even involved. The in other Chongqing. thing is that, like, you know, they've got a water park that they need to sell to people, and if people need totally. water rides, then that's your opportunity. Are as they a, adding as a, of America water park? That's in a construction, right? They, yeah, it was greenlit as um, like an expansion. I don't know. It, it's been greenlit. At least once, if not twice. I know. Yeah, one po- I saw I'm pretty sure it. it was greenlit, and then it, at one point it was shelved. And then they brought it back. They have an overflow, a parking garage overflow set up uh, for 
Mall of America that they did want to use for a water park resort. Um, some kind of in the same vein as a Great Wolf Lodge, except that you could buy one day passes to the water park. Um, there's actually a Great Wolf. Yeah, Wolf's like on there is a Great Wolf Lodge next to Mall of America already, which is interesting. And it's uh, it used to be called Water Park of America um, as a play on words. I'm pretty confident of Mall it'll still happen because they've been like greenlit for the whole thing for yeah. 250 million dollars, and like every single Triple Five group. Big property has a big indoor water one, park. They're just the third to have. Yeah, because the, the the flagship Triple Five Mall project, of course, the West Edmonton Mall, has served as the prototype for not only Nickelodeon Dream at um, American Dream, not not only the prototype for the whole American Dream Meadowlands project, but for the Mall of America project as well. They took everything that they had learned with the West Edmonton Mall and applied that uh, very effectively to Mall of America and um, I expect uh, in a few years time for the American Dream Mall to appear as equally uh, as successful um, on a you know a practical level as the projects that they've been uh, that they've already been working on and speaking of um, projects that I think will be very successful we've been covering a lot of Flossicosa lately <laughs> um, which Looks like it's definitely going to be Florida's best coast, in my opinion, because yeah. I'm a big I'm a big fan of intimate launchers. Yeah. Um, so we have lots and lots of content of that on our website, thecoastergames.com. We like to believe we have some of the best pictures on the internet of Florida coasters. So go I check out our uh, Florida Coaster Kings and Coaster Kings Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages. Um, lots of cool stuff on there as well. Um, we've got new merchandise, the, you know, inspired by Flossy Coaster on mm-hmm. our, our shop. We've got a European shop, US shop. We also have an Intamin Freefall shirt that uh, is pretty amazing. Yep, and an X2 shirt. And an X2 shirt that we love. Or, or an x Rex, really. Yeah, I guess, but, um, yeah, it's really... It's like the old, old color yeah. and old name. Old co- yeah. But yeah, so go check that out. Um, obviously, we always appreciate you guys listening. We'll give us a review on Google Podcast. I'm sorry, on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. If that's where you're listening. Yeah, it does. Um, that would definitely help us out. Yep. Share it with your friends. Our new episodes, as you may notice, um, are actually shorter. shorter. Uh, we're going to have we more listen episodes. to your feedback, and now we're gonna have more episodes, but shorter episodes. So you don't have to waste three commutes so to get into the So that it doesn't take you more than an hour to to listen, listen. to our stuff. And then for any of our longer projects, because obviously a lot there'll of be, our podcasts, uh, there'll be mo- multi parts, multi part episodes. Um, so yeah, this one, this this is yeah, this is kind of fun. Episode, this is the perfect length, perfect right? Length, yeah. yeah. Covering just a, a single uh, event or trip. Um, and uh, speaking of Philosophy so we're actually about to bounce and go hit uh, up yeah. some rides at Universal Land Resort this evening. Yeah. Maybe they'll test. Maybe they'll Never test. Know. I mean, we have a lot of testing we'll pictures, but we yeah, want to get more. more. Always. You can never have too much uh, footage of this ride. So thank you guys so much again for Thanks being for followers. We're back, and we're so excited to have you along for the ride for this season. And uh, we'll go ahead and end the episode. Bye. Bye.